are listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive. You deserve... Welcome back to Thrive. As a military wife, mom of four, and owner of two businesses, Teresa just gets it. We've probably all heard someone say, just eliminate what doesn't serve you. But as moms, we're looking around at each other like, uh, we have kids and partners and families to serve too. We need practical ways to actually manage multiple things without losing ourselves in the process. And Teresa's got exactly that. Today on Thrive, we talk about realistically managing mom guilt while creating better time management systems for your family and yourself. Teresa gives tricks for identifying your own personal triggers to help get a better sense of doing it all in truly any season. She walks us through creating a framework for bucketing your life to categorically and visually see both wants and needs. And she's got tips for being more proactive instead of reactively ping-ponging between email notifications and laundry dinging and kids requesting the fifth snack of the day. Stay tuned through this episode. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Teresa. Thank you for having me, Erica. I'm excited to talk. Of course. Thanks for being here on Thrive. I'm excited to chat all things motherhood, mama to mama. I know we just got to chat a little bit about our husband's uh loves a football which you know we're like thereby thereby default yeah I, I show up for the or, food but, mostly yeah there for the food if we're being totally honest <laughs> um but we are both moms although you have quite a few more kiddos than I do at this point you're a mom of four right and your husband's mm-hmm. in the military mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so your hands are like a bit full right yep yep they're pretty full mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And you and I are both also self-proclaimed recovering perfectionists, which I yes. feel like I feel that to the depths of my soul. Um, <laughs> but you are also a speech language pathologist turned life and productivity coach, which is awesome. And now you help moms thrive beyond those feelings of overwhelm and constant catch up that I feel like so many of us can find ourselves habitually in. So without further ado, kick us, tell us your story and introduce yourself for everybody. Sure. So you're right. I am a former speech language pathologist, Uh, technically still am, but I'm not treating. And I sort of surprised myself on this journey um, because I, like you said, am a recovering perfectionist, very type A, very like logical, methodical went to school for speech. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I opened up a private practice. And as my family was growing, because when I started my practice, I didn't have any kids. And then I had I had twins. And then I had another one. And then I had another one. And so the practice was growing, but my family was growing at the same time. And so things got a little bit more complicated, I feel like with every child. And I then became really interested in figuring out systems and processes that I could use at home and that I could use in my business so that I felt really like I had things, quote unquote, under control in both areas. Because what I noticed was if I was really on top of things at home, 
the business, I was feeling like really behind. I wasn't, you know, getting new clients or I was behind on reports. And then when I felt like, okay, I'm showing up at work and, and we're doing great. And these kids are making progress and I'm on top of everything. Then everything at home had to pause so that I could do that at work. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way so that I can feel like I have some semblance of, of sort of peace and control over both aspects of my life. And that ultimately led me down this path of becoming a, a life and productivity coach. And now I help busy moms figure out how to do the same. Wow. That is so unbelievably relatable because I feel like the moment my business looks like it's completely thriving on the outside. It's like my house is a hot mess express behind the scenes, or it's like, you can always see which of the, which thing is kind of taking priority in a given moment or in a given season based on what is like kind of fallen, falling, <laughs> falling behind, behind the scenes. So yes. do you think there is kind of like a sweet spot then where maybe you can't have it all, so to speak in the same, at the same exact time or whatever, but a sort of sweet spot where you can manage both or all things reasonably well, where you aren't necessarily feeling like one thing is completely the hot mess behind the scenes. I do. And I think it's going to look different for every person. Uh, and I think that the people that the moms and the women that will probably feel the biggest need for creating this um are the ones who are those overachievers or who are the ones that are the type A. And you know, when you have kids, you pretty much lose all sense of control. And when you're in a business, when you own a business, you think you're in the driver's seat and you can control things. And to a certain extent you can, but it's also business. It's wildly unpredictable. So for, for someone like me, who that creates a lot of anxiety and overwhelm, I feel like, okay, we need to look at both the internal and the external. So we look at, okay, here are some strategies where we can exert some semblance of, of control in both areas. And I do think it is possible to, to regain that. However, if you're doing that without working on the internal mindset work and stress management and mindfulness and all of that, all the strategies are only going to get you so far. You're still going to feel like everything is really overwhelming. Okay. So step one, you're looking at your plate. You already know, you clearly see it's pretty darn full. You know, you have to prioritize some things mm. over others and not being able to do it all, at least not at the same time, at least not well, or until you have the right strategies in place. So what is that first step? I would say the first, this, the first step, and I kind of do these together, so step 1A and 1B would be looking at number one, uh, what are your values and priorities? So, and really values and needs is how I phrase this. So what are the things, we all got a lot going on and a lot on our plate, but what are the things that are most important to us? And so I go through this with my clients and we do a whole analysis and in figuring out what those values are. Some people think they know what their values are. And then when we really stop and think about it, it's like, oh, actually those things, yeah, they, they're nice, but they're not the things that truly, truly matter to me right now. And then other people, you know, you know, you do know your values, but things change and your life changes. And so it's important to sort of re-audit what those values are because they will change over time, especially when you're a mom and your kids are growing and the dynamic is changing. 
And then what I also ask clients to do is identify what your, what your triggers are. So what are the things that totally set you off in your home life and in your work life? So for me, I know a trigger is, is like clutter around my house. And so I like that's where I focus my efforts when I'm running my house is like, okay, let's get everything put away at night so that I can feel feel calm when I wake up in the morning. For someone else, that doesn't bother them. And so we're not going to focus on that. We're not going to worry about that. So identifying what those triggers are and then becoming more aware of them and implementing strategies to get them, you know, more under control so that as we're in both environments, work and home, we feel a greater sense of calm and it just allows us to be more energetic and more available for whatever might come our way. It's so smart too, because it's like, obviously the answer there was not deep clean your house all the time. And you like truly doing all the things it's like picking out that one specific thing that is most important to you. And most, like you said, literally a trigger and just making sure that that is handled that way you still can maintain your sense of peace and calm throughout the chaos without becoming consumed by it is like ooh that's that's a key right there <laughs> yes definitely and once you start doing it you start to reap the benefits and you're like okay this is manageable and and then it's sort of you get that momentum and you can add on other areas that maybe aren't the top priority or the top trigger but they're also mini and you can start you know capitalizing on that Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest time management mishaps that you see moms making time and time again that have you just like pulling out your hair like, girl, no, there's a better way. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you have? Now, <laughs> I think this looks, again, this looks different for everyone, not to sound cliche, but in general, I would say being, this is sort of, this is pretty general, but being reactive versus proactive. So I see a lot of women and I've done this too, where we're just going through the day and we're responding and reacting to whatever comes our way. So if an email comes in, we pop and look at that email. Then when the phone rings, we're answering the phone, we're pausing the email. Then when a kid comes in to interrupt us, we forget about the email, we forget about the phone call. And now we're making a snack. And so we're just like a, like a ping pong, right? And we're just going like, oh, back and forth, back and forth all over. And it sort of takes the, it takes the control out of us. It keeps us out of the driver's seat. Instead, if we're proactive and we sort of sit down in advance and say, okay, what are the things that we want to spend our time on? What are the things that we need to spend our time on and make that plan? It helps you stay centered and know exactly what direction you should be headed. I love that. Uh, when, when it comes then to, okay, breaking down a proactive plan, can you walk us through what that process looks like for you? Because obviously it's going to be different for everybody and everyone has their own needs for their own family, their job, their business, their, their life. But is there kind of a sense of framework that you've seen work best for people or work most consistently that kind of is like a no fail uh, universal, like start here. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, the packaging might look a little bit different depending upon how your sure. brain works. Um, but pretty much of, of pretty fail proof way to start this is to sit down and look at your calendar, whether that's on paper or you're thinking about it in your head 
and think about your life in different, what I call buckets. So think about if you're a business owner, your business bucket, if you, you know, with running your household, your house bucket with your family and like relationships, the people that you spend time with, that's a bucket. You yourself, your own time is a bucket. And those for most of the people I work with and and that are in my sort of realm, those are the most common buckets. Those buckets are pretty pretty common across all of them, but what's inside the buckets might look a little bit different. And so then you think about, all right, well, what are the things that I need to do? And what are the things that I want to do? And so you sort of start filling up that those buckets with what those items would be. And then you're going to look at your calendar and say, okay, so realistically, which are the things that could go in the calendar on the calendar for this week? And by having those buckets, it keeps you sort of at that macro level where you're focused on all of the areas of your life and not just the business or the home, like we were talking about earlier, which so often happens. And so it might mean that you get less things done in one bucket, but that overall you're hitting things across each bucket and it gives you a greater sense of, you know, accomplishment and fulfillment because you feel like, all right, I've got this, this is well-rounded. I'm not, you know, falling behind in one area because I'm trying to go, go, go in the other. Mm-hmm. I like that too, because holistically accounting for all of the different aspects of your life and acknowledging that there are wants and needs that have to happen in all of them is just realistic, first of all. And I feel like a lot of times in society now we hear this language of like, well, just figure out what doesn't serve you and then just eliminate that. And as moms, I feel like that can be really daunting because it doesn't necessarily account for the reality of mom life because so much of being a mom is not just doing what serves you, but also serves others, Mm. serves your kids, serves your partner, serves your family. Like that's kind of part of the gig here. So it's, it's, I like that because it doesn't uh, just gloss over the fact that it's not just like, well, I don't, I don't like doing laundry and that doesn't bring me joy. So I'm going to eliminate it from my routine and just don't do it. Right. And all the moms are like, yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Laundry room. Exactly. Let me know how that works out. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Do you think, um, getting to then a place of rhythm with your family is something that comes from this sort of intentional creational process where you're kind of um, really planning it out and then applying? Or do you think it's kind of more so something that you stumble upon, you kind of find your way through trial and error of what works best for kind of like where your family's naturally already at? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, and, And it also probably depends on on your personality and sort of your style as a parent and as a business owner. But I think that, you know, if you go in with this sort of plan in mind, it's really important to remember that it is a working plan. It is a, you know, it's a fluid sort of goal. It's not necessarily concrete. And this is not meant to, these buckets even are not meant to lock you up into sort of corners where you have to do this, you have to do that. It just sort of helps you give some structure and direction to all of those facets of your life. And then as you get going, you're absolutely going to have to troubleshoot. There are things that are going to come up that, you know, even when, even if you want to keep the plan the same, 
there are going to be surprises, right? We all know that as parents and as business owners. So you just need to sort of be willing to allow some flexibility and know that, you know, we can release those reins of control a bit, but I've still got this. I still know like at the end of the day, at the end of the week, I at least am aware of where I want my time to be going. Mm -hmm. I feel like something that ties right into this too then is the idea of mom guilt. And how I think like, as soon as we say that all of us are like, amen, been there, done that. Um, whether, but that I feel like it a lot of times can come from trying to find that sort of rhythm for your family and find some sort of balance or trying to figure out like, okay, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? What's getting my attention? What's inevitably not. So I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of like beating the mom guilt since that that mindset piece there is obviously a very important and huge component for literally every mother on the face of the earth um yes <laughs> and how to actually kind of like get get past it but kind of if there's a way to kind of keep being past it whether you have more kids on the way or coming or just as life changes things that you can kind of like go back to in your brain time and time again when those moments come up as they as they always do. <laughs> yes. Yes, the mom guilt, the you know that ever present topic of mom, mom guilt that we all struggle with and you know, I think mom guilt will always be there to a certain extent, right? But I think there's so I have so many thoughts on this. The first thought is looking at what are the things that you that do bring up those feelings of guilt and notice if there are any patterns because you know, for me, a lot of times, one of the triggers for me about mom guilt is looking at all the other activities that my kids' friends are doing. And I'm like, oh, well, they, I didn't sign them up for that sport. And we didn't sign up for this club. And I know that, you know, my daughter really wanted to do this event. And so I start to feel guilty. And it's, it, it, it brings up those feelings, but had I not really had that, that not been in my face, had I not seen all the posts of people out and about doing all the things I probably wouldn't have felt as guilty. It's just that sort of comparison trap that we can fall into. So looking at what are the things that do make you feel guilty. And I also just sort of coach moms and parents on, okay, if mom guilt is going to be here, can we find a way to manage it instead? Instead of trying to make it go away, could we just maybe bring it along for the ride and say like, okay, I, I acknowledge that I'm feeling guilty. I know like I feel like crap, but that's okay. I'm going to move forward. Here are the ways where I'm showing up as a great mom. Here are the ways I'm showing up as a great business owner. So you're aware that the guilt is there and you just need to sort of coach your way or work your way through it, knowing that, all right, this does not reflect or indicate anything about me as a person. I love that so much <laughs> because I feel like there's, there is kind of like that pressure when you, I think maybe, maybe we just put it on ourselves, but we feel what we perceive to be a negative emotion. And instead of just acknowledging like, oh, there it is, we internalize it as something that we need to get rid of, or we're like, we need to, you know, it can't be there. It's not good. Instead of just acknowledging, like it is a feeling it's a valid one. It's there. And we're just going to kind of roll with it and tell us, tell ourselves the truth of the matter and just kind of keep on and carrying and carry on through it. 
Yes, exactly. And I do think that with, with, you know, time management strategies and mind management strategies, there certainly can be room for less guilt. I do believe that. Um, I'm not, you know, suggesting that yet yeah, mom guilt is here to stay. You just gotta, you just gotta, you know, go with it, but we can, we can make those changes and hopefully decrease the level and the degree of which we experience it, but also know that it's going to be there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's going to keep showing up in certain, it's certain times and certain degrees. And so it's okay to work through it instead of trying to push it down and, and just avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like re redefining things and just mm-hmm. shifting that perspective is like such a key element in that process. Maybe you can relate to this too, with us both being like recovering perfectionists, but <laughs> I had a um, mentor always stress this to me that we tend to view success as this and thing. Like I did this and this and this. So check, check, check success. But we have to switch that thinking to success being like an and or process. Like if I did this, that's a success. Or I could have done this and that's a success. Or this. And I feel like as moms, that's like all the more relevant because we've all been there, done that where our day's been derailed by like, a snow day or a sick day or whatever, especially as work at home parents, or I mean, really just parents in general, where you get a call from school and you're like, oh no, this isn't, this is not good. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) um, I would love to hear your thoughts on kind of like redefining success along the way too, as you go as kind of like a way to manage the, to manage the mom guilt and to move forward in like a really productive, healthy way. Yeah. So I've got two thoughts on that. One is really thinking about, so I'm trying to think about how to phrase this, you know, the right way, but the the first, the first concept is thinking about time as a budget. And so, and I've done a podcast episode about this. So it's like looking at the amount of time that you have in the day And not even that helps with scheduling. Absolutely. It can help you get a nice, neat calendar and be more efficient with your time. But thinking about it as a concept of like, we only have so much time in a day and you only have so much energy in a day. And so you cannot do all the things, even though our brain tells us that we should and that we think that we want to do all the things. So when you start to think about it as this valuable resource And then you ask yourself this question of where am I going to spend it today? What do I want to spend it on? How am I going to spend my time? It helps to reduce some of that pressure that we all put ourselves, you know, put, put on ourselves to get everything done because you can't. So being really intentional about how you spend your time can help sort of shift that, that mindset a little bit. And then, you know, the other thing is I've noticed over the years that, you know, even just over the past year or so, my clients tend to be those people who believe that checking the boxes is what means that you are successful. And that's like that dopamine hit of, I got this done, I get this done, I get this done. And so what we work on a lot is, well, where is that getting you? Like for most of the people I work with and myself included, that essentially just leads to burnout. And just this constant hamster wheel of not being present, not being able to be fully, you know, in the moment and enjoy what you are spending your time on. So I like to help clients to sort of shift that a bit as well so that we can redefine what success means and get some of those dopamine hits in ways that are more fulfilling. 
Okay. So you and I are the same here. And now I need to know what are some of your favorite uh, ways to get that dopamine hit that are more fulfilling because <laughs> I feel like so many people are just sitting there like, Ooh, yeah. Checking things off feels really good. But if there's another way I'm all ears. Like, <laughs> So my first instinct, when you ask that question and it's a really good question and it is a hard one to answer, but my first instinct is like, okay, what is something that I've either been putting off or that I've been scared to do or thinking about trying or scared to try. Usually for me and for a lot of my clients, it's like wrapped up in fear. Like think about something that you're really scared of. And if we can just get you over that initial like step to take the first step, the dopamine hit that you get when you do something like that, something that you've never done before, that is like, oh my gosh, yes, this is what it's really about. And so that's a great place to start. And I also just like to ask clients and have them ask their, themselves, you know, what is the value of doing this? And is this a good use of my time? Like, sure, I could check off a box for laundry and, and you know, that might feel good for a second, but is that really the best use of my time right now? What is another box I could check that would make me feel really good and start there? Mm, so good. I love that. <laughs> I want to get things wrapped up by asking you a question we ask everybody to close out the show, which is what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Yeah. So thrive to me means, and this goes back to what we talked about probably at the, the beginning of the episode. So it might come full circle is, am I living in, you know, day to day within what my values are? And so for me, if I know that, you know, right now my values are my family, my business and myself, if I'm spending my time in those areas, then I am thriving. And I purposely include myself on that list because most moms don't. It's not our natural inclination to do that. But that's what allows me to really thrive by having myself on the list and my family and my business. So figuring out what those values are and living in alignment with those values every single day. That's awesome. Tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more, learn about your coaching and all that good stuff. Sure. So you can find me on my website. The web address is www.thetimetamers.com. You can find me on Facebook. It's Teresa M. Harp. And I know you'll link to all of this in the, in the show notes. Um, and then I also have a podcast and that's where I show up every single week. And the name of that podcast is The Time Tamers Podcast. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.